Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. Well, I was recently in church, and before the service began, I was talking to my friend. In passing, I said something about Jesus coming soon, and he replied, Jesus might return in a thousand years. Now, in my mind, I went down this path about why Jesus would soon return. (laughs) But then I realized it really is true. There's numerous reasons for us to believe Jesus is soon coming. But really, we don't know when Jesus will return. We don't know what God's timing is. And no matter what happens, we just don't know. So, we could go into the reasoning of why some dates are favored for the second coming of Jesus Christ, but that's really not the point here. Uh, We can fault others for having reasoning that we don't agree with, but the point is, is we just don't know. It might be a long way off, and it might be close. Um, I think it's fun to look at these things, There are dates that people favored, and the closest ones are 2017. That's this year. And then there's 2023 and 2027 and 2037. So these are discussed dates, but we just don't know. There's also reasoning to why 2067 is a day and uh, 2100 is a, is a, a, a year of his return. The fact is, we don't know. No one knows. And when you don't know, well, you really don't know. So, in that similar kind of a thinking, we don't know when there will be a disaster or some kind of an event which really causes us some very great inconvenience or who knows, who knows what. We don't know. It could be a small inconvenience or a really big problem. We just don't know. So the idea is... Do something. We, just like we want to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ when the rapture comes, we also want to have some preparation for the other things that just might happen. It just might happen. We don't know. But predicting the date for a war or a volcano or an earthquake or, or an electric outage, well, like I said, we just don't know when anything will happen. So take some preparation now. There can be other things. They can be little things, uh, like an appliance could break, or a fan belt in your car could bro- break, or how about a flat tire or a kitchen fire? Well, really, we don't know the timing of things. So the best thing I think we can do is do something for that just-in-case situation, because really, we don't know when anything ha- will happen, not from the rapture and not or Jesus' return, let's say, or... When something simple or something very major happens, we just don't know. Hmm. So, as, as, uh, as I always say, start your preparations now before there is an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. This is episode 39, and again, we must remember to give thanks to God for the many, many blessings that we do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, 
P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Saddle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Red Sky Radio and the Red Sky Radio Ranch, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Man alive, I, usually I try to pack a two-hour program, sometimes three into one. i got to pack four into one a day. I won't be able to do it, of course, but we got to get rolling. There is so much to cover. We're going to give some closure to the Kavanaugh matter, which needs to be done. You're going to hear some things today you don't hear from other people. doesn't mean I'm right. just means it's going to be, it's going to be something that you haven't heard on other talk shows or wherever. But... um. First of all, if you want to contact me, you can reach me, info at redskyradio.net, info at redskyradio.net. You can go to redskyradio.net and get this program, the last couple of programs. We don't do the long-term archive anymore, but the more recent ones we have there on the website. If you want to hear what you have been missing or you want to tell somebody what they've been missing, and you can pass this program uh, down the line that way. So before we get launched here, going to start with good news. Well, going to start with some important news. Then I what I would consider good news. I'm going to try to end with something uh, at least inspirational. If I don't mess myself up and get too bogged down, it's a problem with uh, trying to crank, cram a three-hour program into 54 minutes. Uh, right out of the gate, for all of my friends in the great state of Nevada, Keep in mind, you've got three people you need to keep on your mind there to vote for. Danny Tarkanian for Congress, Dean Heller for the Senate, and Adam Laxalt for governor. Your ballots are coming out soon. You know, they say, well, why are you just why are you just talking about uh, uh, Nevada, not California? Well, the California races, um, California has, uh, you know, it's kind of gone over the edge. Uh, I'm not trying to curse the state. In fact, I feel like I need to stop saying anything that would amount to a curse. I try to just report the truth, and the truth is pretty pretty sad, pretty bad most of the time. And it sounds like it's a curse, but I'm just informing the people. Keep in mind, this program is a watchman-on-the-wall program. That's how That seems like the task that God has put me uh, to at this point in my life, and that is I'm up on the wall. If I see something coming, I see something bad, I see the enemy coming, if I don't warn the people, the blood is on me. If I warn the people and the people don't take cover, they just still go on their merry way, then their their blood is on themselves, but not on me. I have done my part. That is my role. Okay. Don't And, and, and speaking of uh, Nevada and, uh, and Las Vegas in particular, um, I'm just going to put this out as an announcement. I won't say that it's good news. You'll decide whether it's good news. I will be speaking in Las Vegas on October, let me make sure I got the date right here, October 21st. October 21st, that's a Sunday. It will be at high noon. That is the time. The place is the Holy 
Tabernacle Outreach. I did speak here once before. What a blessed congregation there. I love the pa- pastor there. I guess Bishop Kreiner is his name. That's his title. I uh, love that church. Uh, but it's a Holy Tabernacle Outreach. I'll give you the address twice here. 4357 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 410, North Las Vegas. That is the Holy Tabernacle Outreach, 4357 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 410, North Las Vegas. Um, you know, and I may be speaking in the evening at a, at a different church. I'm not really sure. That, that hasn't really been cleared up yet. doesn't really matter. So if, I, if that happens, I'll certainly let you know next week, on uh, next week's program, um, so that uh, if uh, a different time and place works out better for you and you would like to come out and uh, hear what God would give me to share, then please do. I'd love to see you, meet you, greet you, and all of those things. We have a lot of supporters in Las Vegas it's turned out to be actually one of the most fruitful cities this program has aired in. We're just getting rolling in Phoenix. We're hoping to have that same result in Phoenix. To all of our Phoenix friends and and um, California friends that listen out in the South Bay area, up in Northern California, in the great town of Chico, uh, God bless you guys. We just have uh, to say at this point, it seems like, uh, this sounds crazy, I would have lost a bet that this program would have been as well-received in Las Vegas as it is. But we're hoping for the message to spread uh, fast and furious uh, in Phoenix and for it to continue to grow in California. All right. Now we're going to get on to the Brett Kavanaugh things, folks. I I can't stay away from this because the Democrats don't stay away from it. The Democrats just simply don't lose well. They've tried everything, threats, intimidation, violence, lies, lies, and damnable lies. That's pretty much their toolkit. They don't really have anything else to go on. They don't have a God to pray to unless they're, you know, unless they're bowing down to Satan. And I got something to say about that today. For all of the people who are listening today on a so-called secular program, do not turn this program off. You may not have no use in what you think is a Bible, but you are going to be stunned, shocked, amazed at what writings from thousands of years ago pertain exactly to today. You are going to hear how the Bible actually just it completely describes what happened at the Kavanaugh hearings. I'll do it succinctly because, like I said, I don't have two or three hours. But you're going to be blown away. You think God's irrelevant? God is more relevant than he, I don't, I don't say that he's more than he's ever been, because he's always been relevant. We just have pushed him to the side. Uh, we've, we've, we've pushed him over into the backwater. We've left him over there floating in a boat in, a, in, the, in the bayou, so to speak, because we don't want to hear anything that it gets in the way of our pursuit of, of sin, frankly. That's what it comes down to in this country. Now, I want to start this piece by showing you the outrageous, incredible bias of the media in one short little snippet that, that most would miss this. I'm not saying, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm a smart guy. I just ask God to show me some things, and these are the things that pop up. So this is a headline before Kavanaugh was confirmed. 100 1,000 U.S. Christian churches demand withdrawal of Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination. Listen to that. 100,000 U.S. Christian churches demand withdrawal of Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination. First of all, that's a lie. But what? But here's how I'm going to show that it's a lie. No, 100,000 churches didn't demand his withdrawal. It's supposedly, more or less, 100,000 churches that belong to the National Council of Churches, which is a horrific uh, join-up, if you will. It's a, it's a horrific connection. It's a horrific linking. The National Council of Churches is, is as lost as a ball in high weeds. If you're in a church that joins that group, I want to tell you, everything you give to that church, it's not being blessed by God. Don't expect God to give you a return on something that funds and fuels evil. 
And the National Council of Churches has been an anti-Christian organization for a long time. But my point is this. It's the council. It's some yin-yang speaking for the National Council who demands it. But the headline says 100,000 U.S. Christian churches demanded. They didn't demand it. Some guy speaking on, or some gal speaking on uh, for that organization is all is the only one that's spoken. These 100,000 churches haven't done anything. They're simply joined. I mean, what's that great big family that was on TV? Oh, the Duggar family, right? The Duggars with, what, I don't know, 19 or 20 kids? It would be like saying that, well, counting the mom and dad, let's say, I don't know how many there are. Let's just say there's 21 of them total, mom, dad, and the kids, and others, husbands and wives of the daughters and sons. But anyway, let's just suppose that the headline says the entire, entire Duggar family has come out against Donald Trump, which, of course, is a lie. In any case, they have not. They're actually pretty solid. But they said the, the, the Duggar family, all, all 21 Duggars have come out against Donald Trump. And then you read into the article and you see that actually it's just the patriarch, Mr. Duggar, spoke. He's the only one spoke that's spoken, the only one that's reflected in any thought on the thing. And he's just speaking on behalf of the Duggar family. We haven't heard from Mrs. Duggar or the 19 Duggars that are underneath those two, right? Okay, maybe the ridiculous way of pointing out that which is ridiculous. Now... If you're in one of these cities where there's a group going around called Vote for the Common Good, it's a bus tour of so-called progressive evangelical Christians. That's how they build themselves. First of all, folks, as I've said, they push for abortion. There's nothing progressive about pushing for child sacrifice, which was made outlawed, was outlawed and done away as a custom or a ritual or a rite thousands of years ago. There is nothing progressive about pushing for LGBTQ, RSTUVWXYZ, everything queer and all of its uh, accoutrements. Let's put it that way. All those, all the trappings that go with that when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of the behavior of the Sodomites. There's nothing progressive, folks, about confiscating and taking away our guns when we see that 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 it's regressive because that's exactly what. Hitler did. It's exactly what Stalin did. It's what Mussolini did. It's what Paul Pott did. It's what Kim Jong whatever did. It's what um, uh, Fidel Castro did. It's what Mao Zedong did. You folks, it's not progressive unless you're progressing towards communism. It's regressive. So they're going around the country, telling people that these so-called bus tour progressive they're going going to all the hot spot races that they can get to where they can flip congress for democrats you see these are the progressives that are out pushing for queer rights and abortion on demand but they're claiming that the real christian uh, needs uh, of pe- the, the real needs of people that should be responded to by christians are the fact that we should feed and give money to anybody who wants it and let anybody and everybody come into this country none of that that is that is hogwash. These are people who would not recognize a Bible in a Christian bookstore. You say, Rob, you're being pretty judgmental. No, actually, I'm just speaking the truth because the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. And the fruit stinks, then the tree stinks. That's all there is to it. You can't come out with all these drippings and trappings that are distinctly anti-God. You hate God. You're Elohimophobic, El Shaddaiophobic, you're Christophobic, you're Bibliophobic, and contend that you're a Christian. Unless, unless we find ourselves unhappily landing in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, those of you who don't read the Bible, you listen to this. And those of you who do, who haven't read it lately, you listen to it. And those who read it often, then just simply hear it again. There are going to be false apostles. In other words, fake Christians. False apostles. Translated fake Christians. Deceitful workers, identified as, in my opinion, Democrats faking themselves to be Christians. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. In other words, they make themselves appear that way before other people. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of life. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, whose ministers? Satan's ministers, also are transformed as ministers 
of righteousness. Not because they are, they're just making themselves look that way. So when you go and you hear something that is ungodly and blasphemous, as would come from Jim Wallace and the Sojourners, and every so-called progressive Christian evangelical group, spit them out of your mouth, challenge them, rebuke them. They are not from the kingdom of light. They are from the kingdom of darkness. They are the Satan's henchmen, if you will, who are acting and behaving as though they're real compassionate Christians. No, you can sever yourself from those. In fact, there is another passage not too far away. It says, no, don't even have lunch with these guys who are fake Christians. Ah, you think we're being a little hard? You ain't heard nothing yet. Be right back. Rob Waldo, Red Sky Radio. Hi, this is Rob Waller, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. We are back. This is Rob Walter with RedSkyRadio.net. You're wondering if this, this segment's about Kavanaugh, why did I start with that series? Because that fake Christian bus tour called Vote the Common Good, what an interesting title. Um, they're there because of Trump, and they're there, and they've launched it because of Kavanaugh. Oh, this really bad guy. They, what do they call him? The serial rapist? The guy who never raped anybody? And not even Christine Blasey, liar, 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 pants on fire, Ford, ever said that. Nor did anybody else. They just make it up as they go along. Because they call Satan the father of lies. Well, his children are Democrats. And if you're the father of lies, guess what you got as kids? Liars. And guess what? Someday their pants will be on fire. It won't be only their pants. Now. I've just got to read this piece. You know what? I was going to try to summarize it. I can't. John Nolte. Got to give him the credit. Uh, I'm going to edit uh, liberally here uh, from this thing in the interest of time. But he wrote a piece called Democrats Consider Becoming Even More Ruthless After Losing Brett Kavanaugh Battle. Listen to this. After losing the war to defeat Brett Kavanaugh, Democrats are thinking about becoming even more ruthless, reports the far left wing paper, uh, political. After launching at least a half dozen debunked and outright phony allegations of criminal sexual deviancy against Kavanaugh, after accusing him of running a gang rape ring where women were drugged as a means to incapacitate them, after legitimizing the harassment of President Trump and, Kav- and Kavanaugh supporters up to and including chasing them out of public spaces, Democrats are thinking about becoming even more ruthless. Other than violence, what is left? In all seriousness, how can Democrats become more ruthless than they have already without resorting to violence? The political piece is utterly deranged in its fact-free premise, including anti-science nonsense, such as Democrats keep playing by the rules. What? Are we talking about the same Democrats who violated every norm to hold on to Christine Blasey Ford's allegations against Kavanaugh until it could do the maximum damage? Are we talking about the same Democrats who used procedural trickery to pass Obamacare? The same Democrats who nuked the Senate filibuster, who politicized the FBI to try to frame Trump as a Russian spy, who weaponized the IRS against the Tea Party, who accused Mitt Romney of murder, who investigated Sarah Palin's womb, who accused Palin of a mass murder in Arizona, who invented borking who threatened a broadcast network's license over a miniseries, who are promising to pack the Supreme Court with more justices. 
Those Democrats are you talking about? Well, those Democrats seriously believe they are playing by the rules. And playing by the rules means they need to become even more ruthless. Already, and with the silent and sometimes not too silent approval of Democrats, Breitbart News documented has documented over 580 individual acts of violence, vandalism, harassments, and threats aimed at Trump supporters. Now, I'm going to interject something here. If you want to go look up this piece, you can click. There's a link where they identify the 580 acts. Continuing, already and with a silent and sometimes vocal approval of the Democrats, I'm sorry, Democrats, allies in the establishment media, over 580 acts of ruthlessness have been committed against Trump supporters during the Trump era. So political continues. Whether Trump knew it or not, his remarks were perfectly pitched to stoke anxieties that have haunted many top Democrat operatives for a generation. The fear that their party loses big power struggles because Republicans are simply tougher, meaner, more cynical, and more ruthless than they are. If after all of the above, Democrats fear that they must become even more ruthless to obtain power, I guess we now know why they are so desperate to abolish the Second Amendment. I'm going to read that last part back. If after all of the above, Democrats fear that they must become even more ruthless to obtain power, I guess we know now why they are so desperate to abolish the Second Amendment. End quote. And the reason is obvious, because once they're in power and we don't have guns, then they ram, cram, slam, and they could be jamming that their guns down our throats to push every form of debauchery and anti-God hooey that they can dream up. And they haven't dreamed it all up yet. So we move from there to Hillary Rodham, spelled R-O-T-T-E-M, Clinton. Goodness sakes. You know what? This, well, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I should put this in the are you kidding department because I'm going to read this one, this piece, which also came out from Breitbart, but it's, these are quotes. These are Hillary Rodham's quotes. But during an interview with CNN earlier this week, former Secretary of State, and I should like to say twice failed Democratic presidential nominee, I just stop a second. You know, you see, whenever uh, the Democrats are writing a piece and they're writing about McCain or, well, they wouldn't do this anymore because he's deceased, but they say twice failed presidential candidate John McCain or failed presidential candidate Mitt Romney or failed what have you. But they never say that about their own, right? They don't say that about Clinton, so I'm saying it. Twice failed 2016 Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, now I'm back to quoting, stated that it's impossible to be civil with a party that wants to destroy what you stand for and what you care about. Are you kidding, Hillary? You are so you are so full of hooey, it's oozing out of every orifice of your body, woman. This woman is a consummate liar. She is the Jezebel that we talked about a couple of years ago, well before the book Paradigm came out. Did three programs on why she's Jezebel. And would not somebody please throw her down and out like Jehu demanded? Happened to Jezebel and bounced her off the wall on the way down? Goodness sakes. God, could you not remove this woman? She goes on that if the Democrats win back just one or hopefully both chambers of Congress, quote, that's when civility can start again. Oh, my gosh. Is this? Is this woman totally lost her marbles? Yes. I don't know if she ever had any, but nonetheless, this is just this is unbelievable. She said, quote, you cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we're fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. Hillary you are so fundamentally totally whacked and screwed up, I can't even describe how lost you are. Look, all Republicans aren't saints. A lot of them aren't. But there aren't any saints in the Democrat Party, and there are a lot of Republicans who are interested in one particular thing, getting the truth out, which Hillary, lying Hillary, crooked Hillary, 
and all of her yin-yangs that are around her and all of her predecessors, including Barack Hussein Obama, they're all of the same ilk. They're all from their father of lies, the devil himself. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. It's just simply the truth. So now we're moving on to Christine Blasey, baby, forward here. Christine, you liar, 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 pants on fire. Gosh, this woman, is, is, she, is she, you know what? You don't, all right. I said this last week. She wouldn't testify on Monday, lied about, you know, she couldn't fly and all that stuff. And I don't want to go through that again. So she didn't get to Washington to start doing it on Thursday. And I said she had to be coached. She had to be trained. She had to follow her own instruction about how to pass a lie detector test because she needed to lie. Clear as can be. Folks, you don't need four days to practice the truth. You don't need to practice truth. If you are a truthful person, it should be hanging and dripping from your lips. But when you're a consummate liar, like Christine, liar, liar, pants on fire, Ford, you got to practice the tr- what you want to convey as truth. You got to become polished in your lies. You got to rough. You got to shave off the edges that might trip you up. That's why she needed the coaching. That's why this look. Why as a PhD? What does it stand for for Christine? Piled high and deep? Probably it sounds like it because she's a loser and she's and and she has had to have four days of coaching to practice lying to make it look like the truth. My goodness. So why did I bring her up? Because she's receiving an award from her alma mater, the alma who, the alma doesn't matter here. I'll tell you, I will never, ever support the University of North Carolina in anything again. Not basketball, football. I don't care if they're playing, well, I don't know. I won't, I'll offend somebody with another team. But I'll tell you, North Carolina, University of North Carolina is absolutely stuck on stupid. They are on steroids of stupidity because they have now nominated her for the Distinguished Alumni Award. Can you believe this? Yes, I can. Now, let me ask you. If you can get an award for lying, consecutive, consistent lies, we know of six for sure, possibly seven under oath, this Bag should be in jail for perjury. She should have every dime she owns turned over to Kavanaugh in settlement of a libel, slander, and defamation suit. She should be penniless in prison. That's where Christine Blasey Baby Ford ought to be. But she gets an award for lying. So and let me understand you, Chapel Hill, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. If if lying six times for sure, possibly seven, probably eight under oath, gets you an award, what would telling the truth get you at University of North Carolina? I'll tell you. The truth would get you fired. You tell the truth at these schools, you are fired. Fired. They, the left always talks about marginalized people. You want to find marginalized people? Find a conservative professor, if there are any left, at any of these yin-yang so-called institutions of higher learning. They're the ones that are an endangered species. Those are the ones who are marginalized. And they give this woman an award? Look, the left doesn't quit. Cory Booker comes out and said, before the vote, it doesn't matter if Kavanaugh is innocent or guilty. Those are his words. It doesn't matter. Of course, Corey, because you're pimping for the presidency. Nothing matters to a pimp. No, he said it doesn't really matter. We, we, we saw how he behaved in public. Well, yeah, after he got punched a gazillion times with lies, you know, the man finally got some cojones, stood up, and God gave him the words, and he defended himself. And somehow defending yourself, if apparently if you're a white guy, defending yourself and getting angry, summarily disqualifies you for office. So that's why Corey says it doesn't matter if he's guilty or innocent. How about Connie Chung? Gosh, I thought this woman had some brains. I don't know when they leaked out. But basically, she in her speech, she said, if, some, if I was hurt by someone, 
In other words, Connie Chung claims she was sexually assaulted. So because she was sexually assaulted, she said that basically means Brett Kavanaugh was guilty. I'm not kidding. She's saying if I got hurt by a sexual in a sexual assault, then that means this guy is guilty. Are you serious? Is uh, can you be any more stupid? I don't want to use stupider, but it sort of fits the situation. Are Democrats that devoid of common sense, reason, logic, morals, and guts? The answer, yes. But more when we come back. Red Sky Radio is looking for the few, the proud, and the brave to sponsor portions of this program. There has never been a better time to advertise on Red Sky Radio. We've recently launched in Arizona, and the response has been outstanding. Arizona and Las Vegas need this program, and we will do everything we can to help your business grow in a rapidly expanding market of incredibly loyal listeners. So if you're in Las Vegas or the greater Phoenix area, Contact us at info at redskyradio.net and find out what Red Sky Radio can do for your business. We are back. This is Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. You know what? I got, I got to come back to this Connie Chung piece because this is Connie Chung. I mean, just if if you just came in on the break, she said that because she was sexually assaulted when she was twenty years old by her doctor, therefore Brett Kavanaugh is guilty of assaulting Christine Blasey Ford when he was seventeen. This is what she's saying, folks. This is what. This is what masquerades for intelligence. This isn't even artificial intelligence because it's not intelligence. Okay, so let me see. I mean, I, I don't know if I could have because, uh, okay, because somebody, uh, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not going to come up with another example. It should stand on its own. I'm just, it's just not coming to me. And the reason it's not coming to me is I don't need another example when you have loose looneyism such as Connie Chung here. So, the, Georgetown University, as a result of the Kavanaugh process, the Kavanaugh uh, assassination, because that's what it was called, it wasn't advice and consent. Best line he said in his talk was he said, this isn't advice and consent, it's search and destroy. So you got another Christine that comes out. Hey, look, I know a bunch of nice Christines, but the last couple I'm running into here, uh, I've got some issues. Um, she is a professor, a loosely so-called, at Georgetown, who came out and said this past week that white Republican men. Now, my black brothers, don't you think you're too far behind? It's just that once we're gone, you're number two. You, you become number one here. But right now, and you know what? If you were a black Republican man, she would include you in this because she'd call you an Uncle Tom, even though Uncle the Uncle Toms didn't have guts. And, and black Republican men, black conservatives, are the most gutsiest, God-fearing people we got in this country these days because of the abuse that they take from a white-dominated, pandering-to-black leftist Democrat party. But this is what Christine Fair said. What an interesting last name. She's anything but fair. She said, white Republican men should be murdered or castrated. Right. That's that's as, fuck, I don't, I don't have to embellish it. I don't, but that's it. She says, look at this chorus of entitled white men justifying a serial rapist's well, who's she talking about? She can't be talking about Kavanaugh. Of course, she she thinks she is, but she can't be because she's not a serial rapist. He's not a rapist. Nobody contended that he raped. Ra- I mean, even the so-called victim, the liar in charge here, Christine Blasey Baby Ford, she didn't contend that she got raped. No. 
So he's gone from the victim not even making the charge to people who don't know Jack Diddley about the whole thing, contending that he not only did it, but he was a serial rapist. So he said, to title the white man justified being a serial rapist, arrogated entitlement. All of them deserve miserable deaths. And as a bonus, we castrate their corpses and feed them to swine. And the audience laughed laughed at the prospect of killing white Republican men and then castrating them. Why do I say what I say about um, Georgetown University now, another place not worthy of your tax dollar, uh, of our tax dollars and your tuition money? Because they're supporting Christine Fair. They don't have any interest in being fair. They're just interested in castrating any conservative thought. They're interested in castrating Christianity, which is impossible. Goodness sakes. I, I just, this is unbelievable. Okay. Now, I want to get to the breakdown, if I can, of where, biblically, everything that happened comes together. From a biblical perspective, you can see what happened at these hearings. And I, I have touched on a little bit of this before. And I'm going to skip some of my previous comments, just trusting that you've heard them and you don't need to hear them again. But there is a passage in Genesis that says, What the enemy intends for evil, God will use for good. What the enemy intends for evil, God will use for good. The Democrats are the enemy here, folks. You can't, you can't get around it with all the violence, harassment, intimidation, lies, threats. And not only did they go overboard and, and, and took Susan Collins off the fence and pushed her to the right side, which I might add, and I'm not here to pat myself on the back because I get a lot of things wrong. If you remember, three weeks ago on this program, I said Susan Collins would vote for, for, for Kavanaugh, and, or if she votes for him, and I think she might, it's going to be because the left overplays their hand. That's exactly what happened. She was a key vote, and they played it so hard, sending her the 3,000 coat hangers and, and, and threatening to rape her assistants if she voted for. My goodness, I would, you know, if there, if there was that intense of an opposition, and the, and the opposition is so evil, so malevolent, so wicked, why would you not go the opposite direction of what those people want? That prediction came absolutely true. But it wasn't an insight that I had particularly. It was from this Bible verse. What Satan intends for evil, what the enemy intends, God will use for good. And I am hoping, believing, and praying that the good will not just end with Kavanaugh. It will end with, well, it won't end, period. But that it will continue on into the midterm elections, and we will have... A, an expansion of Republican control of the Senate so that President Trump can get out two more judicial appointments, not before the end of a second term should he win, before the end of a first term. He's already the greatest modern-day American president. Sorry, with all due respect, President Reagan, you did a great job for your time and place, but the world has become much more evil. The Democrats are much more wicked than they ever were, and it calls for some abrasive, corrosive uh, attack dog like Donald Trump, who has the, has the guts to not be political, but just be right. Point number one. So the enemy overdid it. And it produced, in my opinion, this positive vote. But there's a second verse out of Scripture that I think explains so much. And you want to write this down. It's Proverbs eighteen seventeen. For those of you who never touch a Bible, this verse is worth getting the Bible for. Because it speaks a truth from 2000, over 2,000 years ago, from Solomon, the wisest man until Jesus, who ever lived, and probably the wisest since Jesus, because just God gave him the wisdom. But as this Bible verse completely establishes Brett Kavanaugh, not only as a great jurist father, 
husband, but as the real victim here. But this is how this verse plays out. And it says, He who pleads his case first seems right until his neighbor or someone else comes and examines him. Or in other words, cross-examines. Now let me just give you a little bit of legal feedback and input on this thing. If you're sitting on a jury, and for those of you who have sat on juries, you go into this trial, the prosecutor speaks. And, as, and, and, and the prosecutor lays out the case first. They're the first one. Opening statements start with the prosecutor. And, and you hear that and you say, oh, my gosh. Why are we even having this trial? This guy's guilty as sin. Like, come on, let's just have, let's just take a, let's go to the jury room, vote now and be done. And I can be home in time for lunch. Because that's how powerful. That's the first one who speaks. But then comes a defense attorney. And the defense attorney says, well, the prosecution stated this. But we're going to show that because of such and such of this, that is not true. And then we're going to show that the following is not true, even though the prosecution said this. They are not going to prove this because this, this, and when you get all said and done, you're scratching your head. My God, my gosh, this defense has presented a great case. I take back everything I thought and said after the prosecution finished their case. Folks, it goes that way in political debates. All right, closing our closing statements. You don't want to be first between two candidates. You want to be last. You want to have the words that last and remain and ring in the ears of the listeners. You want to say that which is going to eliminate and blow out everything that they just heard from the other party. This is the biblical passage that explains Brett Kavanaugh's success in the hearing. Christine Blasey Baby Ford went forth with all of her lies, her tears, all of her coaching Done well, manifested well. She's got a job in Hollywood as an actress. All of the coaching to be able to pass a lie detector test. All of the coaching that was needed to be able to say lies with a straight face. The lies which we know, there are tons of them. Not one lie by Brett Kavanaugh been established. Six lies for sure from Christine Blasey Ford, if not seven or eight. But here's the problem. Here's Christine Ford's problem. She went first. And you see all of the people, even on Fox News, they're saying, oh my gosh, this is, it's toast for Kavanaugh. He better pull out now. They acted just like the jury that heard the prosecution's case only and hasn't heard the defense. And then um, um, up comes Brett Kavanaugh, tossed away his lawyer's advice and went from the gut and the gut came from God and he blew her out, absolutely blew out those lies and he came, and while he didn't cross-examine her, he might as well have. Because that, in essence, is what happened. He spoke last, and all of a sudden there's a sea change, and all of a sudden the Republicans are euphoric. The, the nomination has been salvaged. Susan Collins switches, as I predicted, and things go the way that they needed to go for justice to be served. Now, the last thing. There is a passage in the book of Isaiah, fourteen, chapter 14, verse 16, that talks about the enemy. And the enemy, honestly, really, truly, just sounds a lot like the Democrat Party today as a whole. I'm sorry. They just lie. They want to be on top. They want to be God. They want to be in charge of everybody's life according to their own sense of what's right and wrong. They're the ones who uh, challenge us because we're supposedly trying to ram, cram, slam, and jam down people's throats our morality. But they want us out of the way so that they can ram, cram, jam, and slam down their immorality down our throats. And they look huge. They look big. They look impenetrable. They look invincible. The media and all, and we just say, my gosh, what's this coming to? Well, there's a passage here that talks about the enemy, and it's Satan here, who looks indefe- uh, uh, undefeatable, impregnable, sort of like a knight, a seven-foot knight encased in armor, 
who's huge, who's threatening, who's intimidating, until the truth starts to come out and the armor starts to peel off. And we find that inside that suit is Pee Wee Herman. That's what the Democrats are. They're Pee Wee Herman in a great big night suit. They look awful. They look bold. They look daring, threatening, intimidating. And inside, they're Don Knotts. They're Pee Wee Herman. They're Wally Cox. They're little puny fake somethings. I better not say it. Maybe I will say it when we come back. Don't go away. Hi, this is Rob Waller, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. We're back. And no, you know what? I'm not going to Kathmandu. I am going to Las Vegas. October 21st. I'll make this fast. October 21st. Speaking at noon. High noon. Holy Tabernacle Outreach. 4357 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 410, North Las Vegas. Holy Tabernacle Outreach. 4357 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 410, North Las Vegas. Hope to see you there, meet you there, greet you there. Okay, you know, one of the problems uh, that we have, or challenges, is that, uh, you know, the, the, the old adage, garbage in is garbage out. And so long as we feed at the trough of trash, which means most mainstream media today, it's going to be trash coming out. And so the need to establish a new conservative-based social media and search engines is critical. Facebook isn't Facebook, it's face crook. Google isn't Google, it's, ga- it's gaggle. You gag on it. I mean, I, I'd like to give you more of proof, but you don't need any that these people hate us. They don't like Christians. They don't like conservatives. They don't like people who think independently because whether you're Christian or conservative, just the fact that you're independent is intolerable for them because they want to dictate and drive the conversation, the political attitudes of everybody in this country. We need new social conservative media and search engines. And I want to tell you, just on the search engine thing, I have switched from gaggle. I am not gagging on gaggle anymore. I'm going to DuckDuckGo. And no, this is not a paid ad. DuckDuckGo does not track you for anything. Nothing. That's what they say. I hope they're telling the truth, but I'm using them. Are they as broad and deep a search engine as gaggle? No, not yet. But the more you use them, the more their capability will grow. Give them a try. You don't need gaggle for everything. You don't need gaggle for most anything. So give them a try. Well, I'd like to finish with a piece that I got to read from a friend of mine, uh, David Lane, who heads up the American Renewal Project. I was at the California version of it a couple of weeks ago called the California Renewal Project. And I want to read you this piece because it just speaks so strongly to what needs to be done and why we are where we are. Actually, next week I am going to talk specifically about why we are where we are using the city of Santa Barbara, California as an example. But that's next week. But I want to just read this piece that he sent me. He says, you know, the American Renewal Project had a couple of great pastor and pew events a few weeks ago in San Diego and in Costa Mesa. Now, I attended the one in San Diego. He said, and I'm quoting here now, a nationally known Christian leader we spoke to a month earlier about participating in both events in what is an hedonistic, ungodly, unfettered California said he did not want to be cornered. 
He did not want to be labeled as right wing. Now, this may sound at first reasonable and rational, yet on second thought, it won't hold up, requiring now a lesson in, civ- in civics. Christians are not housed in the Democratic Party. Social conservatives do not reside in the Democratic National Committee. The Democratic platform embraces none, none of the values that Christians hold dear. When Barack Obama was inaugurated in 2009, Democratic appointee judges controlled just one of the 13 U.S. Courts of Appeals. At the end of eight years of Barack Obama, Democratic-appointed judges controlled nine of the 13 circuit courts and still do today. Democratic-appointee judges espouse the Democrat strong-arm values of abortion, same-sex intercourse, same-sex marriage, euthanasia, omnipotent and omnipresent government, transgender bathrooms, coercive redistribution of wealth, and gun confiscation. Gun confiscation, folks, I added. I think my friend David left that out. Because the left cannot win on social issues at the ballot box, they impose their left-wing ideology through activist-appointed judges in the courts of appeals so that they may wake their way to the Supreme Court. In line with this, a Mrs. Clinton win in 2016 would have tipped conservative, Christian, and constitutionalists over the edge of the falls. All politics comes down to the proficiency and know-how to turn out voters, with voter turnout depending on the verve and vigor of like-minded constituents. The candidate that gets his or her constituency to the ballot box wins on Election Day. Christians staying home and refusing to vote elect, in effect, those who oppose their values. Now, i got to read that again. Christians who stay home and refuse to vote, in effect, elect those who oppose their values. Thankfully, President Trump has done an outstanding job of motivating the Christian base by upholding religious liberty, standing up for the unborn, defunding Planned Parenthood, appointing conservative jurists to the Supreme Court and federal courts, and moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Well, deeming it sufficient to depend on press conferences, press releases, and getting a shout-out on Fox News in order to instigate change. Is like bringing a pocket knife to a gunfight. Mere public relations no longer will do it. They are anemic. If America is going to be turned around, our leaders, our evangelical leaders are going to have to take their game to the next level, discarding the old discredited model that has been tried and failed. It appears that America received mercy in 2016. For had it been Hillary Clinton, we would have been done. You see, the collapse of a biblically-based culture over the last 75 years prompts today now the urgent question. When the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? See, strong faith does not produce sloth. Strong faith does not produce carelessness or laziness. It's why I started the program giving you three people, if you're in Nevada, you got to consider voting for. Because if you stay home, if you know what's right, and you stay home and you don't vote, no longer can you not complain. But but you have inadvertently helped elect the wicked to power. Thank God. It's Rob Walder, Red Sky Radio, reminding you, U.S. and the whole world, that you ride for the brand the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Maybe we'll see you in Las Vegas.
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Hurricane Michael cannot break Florida. That's Florida Governor Rick Scott after the powerful storm slammed into the Florida Gulf Coast with winds of 155 miles an hour, tearing roofs off of houses and leaving thousands upon thousands without power. He is worried about the people who did not evacuate. It came really fast. Um, you know, the first thing I wish every everybody didn't evacuate. So I'm, I'm still praying that we didn't lose anybody. Uh, that was that was disappointing to me that everybody didn't uh, didn't evacuate. It remains a dangerous storm with winds downgraded to 115 miles an hour as it makes its way through Alabama and Georgia into the Carolinas. The White House says there is no reason for concern after U.S. stocks suffered their worst loss in eight months Wednesday. As a five-day market slump raises concerns that the record bull market may be ending, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says the fundamentals and futures of the U.S. economy remain incredibly strong. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 831 points Wednesday in the Nasdaq Composite, which has a high concentration of technology companies, had its biggest loss in more than two years. FBI Director Christopher Wray is defending the agency's background